Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. This is the final episode of our very first season. And for everyone who's been listening along, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I get the podcast analytics and I absolutely love seeing all the followers and the downloads that we're getting for each episode. It's it's so fantastic and it, it brings me so much joy. For our final episode this season, we're doing something a little bit different. We've had a bunch of questions about us, and so we actually thought it's probably time to introduce ourselves. Um, Elise, how long have you been gardening for, and how'd you get into it? <laughs> well, I so what I'd really like people to know about me is, despite the fact that we've kind of set this podcast up, that I'm the quote-unquote semi-expert <laughs> I grew up in a city Melbourne as in a city as in a city gets my parents had a really small courtyard so you know it wasn't I didn't grow up on the land I didn't grow up understanding plants and understanding rain patterns and weather or any of that stuff I was just the same as probably like most of you listening to this podcast in that you know, I kind of knew about plants. I ate plants. <laughs> I liked the look of some plants, but that was kind of the basic, that was what I grew up knowing. But actually, even as a kid, I was really interested in growing stuff. And I actually ripped up my mum's front garden, which was like two metres squared when I was, I don't know, 12 or something, and then like planted lettuces and tomatoes and broccoli and all sorts of things. So I definitely gave it a crack from a young age. And then I, I learned, yeah, as a kid, I was pretty involved. But then, you know, I became a teenager and gardening was the last thing on my mind. <laughs> but then later in my life and in my career, I, I'm actually a cookbook author. So as I started working with food, started writing about food, you know, devoted my life to food, really, I kind of got to understand that to truly understand food, you have to understand it from where it begins. And that's with a seed. Mm. And I would write about seasonality in my cookbooks or on my newsletters or whatever. But until I started really growing stuff, I didn't get it. So I, it probably started mainly due to my career. But the more and more I got into it, the more I fell in love. And obsessed probably doesn't even <laughs> cut it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, what started is kind of you know growing one or two crops went into 10 or 20 crops went into you know fruit trees what one beehive is now five beehives six chickens are now 12 chickens and two alpacas so I've really taken it to the next level I would say but this has been over you know the period of a decade or yeah yeah this is this is a decade of my life and I certainly didn't go from nothing to what I've got now it's been a constant process of like adding in one more thing and one more thing and one more thing until it is you know what it is today and I so love that I I have control over my food system I really believe that like I'm doing good for the world for the environment by growing my own food I really 
you know, I care a lot about animal welfare. So being able to have my own chickens and eat their eggs is another really important factor for me. But I get that most people aren't going to have the size garden that I have or devote the time that I have. But I think a lot of the joys, a lot of the lessons, a lot of the understanding, a lot of the good that can be done from gardening can be done on a small scale just as much as a big scale. Mm. And one of the things that sort of inspired us to create this podcast was we were having so many conversations as I got into gardening about, you know, me phoning a friend constantly being like how do I do this what's going wrong here and it's from those conversations that I think it's all you're not so far removed from starting out that you've forgotten all of the you know Mm. the tips and the tricks and the issues and what it is like to be a beginner gardener yeah exactly and I haven't done any like I have done a small course at Ceres you know, a couple of years ago now, but I mean, most of what I've learned, I've learned myself from trial and error, doing it on weekends, just like you would be in your back garden. Like I'm not a horticulturist, it's nothing fancy. I I like to think that I get your questions and your struggles because that was me five, six, 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah, and like, you know, how I've run my business is basically like, if someone has a question that they've asked me there's probably a hundred if not a thousand other people thinking the same thing so when you and I Tess were having these chats it was like if Tess has got this question who else has got this question and you know could we help them could we inspire them you know could we lend a hand to those questions and I think we've proven in our first season that we may have done that we may have helped some people there might be other people out there who are doing the same silly beginner mistakes that I'm doing exactly (laughs) so Tess Tell us about your gardening growing experience. How did we get to where we are today? So I have had a vague interest in gardening. I remember growing stuff with my grandma when I was very little, but that wasn't ever a prolonged thing. I think it was probably just a once-off fun thing. And then I've dabbled in trying to grow herbs on mm. apartment balconies and, and things like that. But I really think um, a combination of two things, moving into a house where I had my own backyard for the first time and COVID really. In Mm. Melbourne, we had a pretty long lockdown and it was a lot more time spent at home. Um, So it's probably a combination of those, I guess, stars aligning that really sparked my interest. And the other thing that I... The, the joy that I get out of it and the huge value that I see is um, despite the setup of this podcast that I know nothing. I actually do know some things. I'm a, I'm a lawyer in my day-to-day job, which means I spend a lot of time at the computer, mm. a lot of time using my brain. And so it's, it's really wonderful to have a hobby outside of my job that is so far removed from my day-to-day and to go outside, and I'm sure you'll have the same views on this, but to do something with your hands, to get stuck into it and it's, you know, away from a desk that we all spend probably far too long sitting at, staring at screens. It's mm. so wonderful and so beneficial to just general well-being and mental health and all of those great things about getting, you know, back in touch with the planet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Like, no matter what's going on in my day, my week, like getting out in the garden and whatever task I'm doing there like it's probably the only time that I'm truly present and focused on exactly what I'm doing and I'm not having niggling thoughts about work or any other stress 
in my life. Like it's just me and the plants and the animals in my case. But like, yeah, that connectedness, Mm. it's not present in, I don't think anything else I do really. I think it is amazing for my mental health, probably everyone's mental health. Definitely. What was the first crop that you remember growing probably lettuces yeah actually because they're such a good small space one so Mm. again in a small courtyard in inner city melbourne that was like one of the best things i could grow and i grew it successfully and again i would have been 12 so and it's something that's achievable and you Mm. know what's so great about my rocket i I don't did i say this this is like my first year ever so i'm doing (laughs) things for the, the very first time and i've got rocket in and it grew quickly i'm getting um I'm using it already in my my meals mm. and it's so fun because it, it has been instantaneous unlike when I did tomatoes over summer and it was a slow burn and not the most successful crops which I mm. think I've admitted before but lettuce so easy mm. such a begin such an easy beginner one yeah. I definitely second that and that's why I wanted to do the episode that we did earlier in the season on that because it is kind of like a quick win for someone. And when you get started, a quick win is always good. Like a lot of things you do in the garden, you might plant a fruit tree. It's not going to give you anything for years and years. You know, having that like instantaneous success to be like, hey, I can actually do this. And it you gives know, you confidence. It does. And then it spurs you on to to keep going. And mm. that's that's what we want because you need patience in a garden but yeah rocket and salad greens as a little win so that was definitely what I started with what did you start with I think probably the first thing that I ever got anything from would be herbs and mint is I mean it's the weed of the herb world (laughs) it's quite difficult to kill to kill mint so I mean I think it's another great beginner crop as Mm. well and Mint's great. Mint tea, mojitos, whatever else you want to do with mint. Salad. <laughs> Salad. Smoothies. It's all good. <laughs> I don't think I've given herbs enough airtime this season. We'll no, rectify no. We'll this. Have to, we'll have to come back to herbs. We will. You know, the other thing with gardening that I find interesting in today's world is that it's the hobby that never stops. It's not like when you take up knitting and you're like, oh, I've got a busy week. I'm not going to knit today or this week. You know, with gardening, you're responsible for plants. Like, they're alive. They need you. And as much as sometimes that stresses me out because I can't put the hobby on hold, I actually think it's really nice having something that forces me to get outside, to exercise, to connect, Mm. you know, to take those, like, deep breaths. So I think the thing about gardening that frustrates me is also its hidden gem Mm. because it keeps me sane even when I'm busy. So tell me, Tess. As a new introduced, <laughs> as a new member of the gardening world, what was the thing that scared you the most or intimidated you the most before you started growing? I think that the gardening world is full of a number of experts, and as a beginner, that can be quite intimidating because I'm not at the level of being able to talk about different varieties of whatever crop I'm growing. Like that's, that's too much. Mm. It's, I, I, I'm so much more basics than that. And it's hard, not hard. It can, it's just not always apparent that kind of entry level information to be like, all that stuff is wonderful and I'll probably get there. But right now, like 
how am I, how am I actually going to do this? What are the practical mm. steps that I need to to grow something that's going to be mildly successful for me? I reckon that was probably the most intimidating thing I thought mm. um, before getting stuck into it. Mm. I totally get that. And even now I listen to some gardening podcasts or read gardening books and there's terms in there I don't even get, like mm. even now 10 years on. But I especially remember like when I was learning just the basics, like growing from seed or planting a plant and they'd constantly, I'd hear people when I'd read about hardening off. I didn't want to admit it, but I'm like, I don't know what hardening off means. I don't means. know what hardening off means. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to it later. We'll cover it. But, but it's almost like... You don't even, like, the terms, the language around it's not what's important. It's, like, what you do. But as soon as you don't understand the language, it, like, throws the whole thing out. Mm. So I I totally agree with you. I'm there still and I have certainly been there. And, you know, it seems like there's, like, two groups of people. There are people that, like, are plant people and there are people that aren't. And, like, I think what we're trying to do with this podcast is actually just bridge the gap and be, like, anyone can do this. They just need to be taught. I yeah. Mean, and. Do you know what else I think that people might not relate to me on this front is that when I'm in the kitchen, there are some things I just inherently know how to do because I've been doing them forever Mm. just as part of my family, seeing my family cook or whatever. So you just know how to do them. I didn't have that. I didn't have anyone to watch growing up. So people Mm. are going to look at me and be like, oh, this goose didn't know she had to plant her, pull her seedlings apart before sticking them in the ground. But that it's foreign mm. to me and that I and I don't know that stuff and I'm not afraid to be like I'm starting out here and I've got questions mm. and something else I'll say about you Elise if I can just toot your horn for a second mm. um is that you really do you, you you haven't started this because you have the space in terms of your gardening interest you have I mean we've recently done the indoor plants episode mm. You live it and breathe it in indoors and in small spaces as well as the larger piece of land that you have that you're able to grow things on, which mm. I think is really wonderful. And it's about, I think, knowing what's achievable. Yeah, exactly. And what's achievable with your size and what's achievable with your time commitment, mm. like knowing what it is going into it. So, you know, as Tess said, maybe we haven't actually covered this properly. Like I have quite a bit of land that I can garden so much so that like I have alpacas on it. Not that most of it is devoted to kind of the edible crops we're covering on this. But as Tess says, a lot of the techniques I use, like I do grow a lot of stuff in pots that you do exactly the same as you would do if you were doing it at home at your place, Tess, or, Mm. you know, on a balcony. Whereas Tess's place, you've probably got what, like five square metres of vegetable garden? Yeah, probably not even that. So I've got two raised garden beds. Oh, you know what? I'm terrible with square metres. I've got no idea how big they are. <laughs> You'll see it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe four square metres. And then you've got like quite a few Australian natives mm. around the place, a couple of lemon trees, citrus trees. A citrus, an orange tree, which I inherited from the previous owners, mm. which I had the first orange off the tree this year over the weekend, and it was chef's kiss how lovely (laughs) um a lemon tree that i call liz lemon who is not doing particularly well but she's only a a year and a bit old so Mm. we've got hopes for her the one thing that i think that i am an absolute risk of still every time is just cramming too much in i get Mm. excited i buy lots elise tells me i've got to spread them out but still i don't so i think (laughs) that that could be my potential downfall still 
I still do that. <laughs> I'm like, I want to grow everything. And even though like I've got a lot of space, it's not as simple as just having space because it needs to have really good soil. It needs to have watering systems. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. just like go out to your paddock and like plant a tomato <laughs> and think it's going to thrive. So no, I definitely, I definitely get that. So I suppose like what, what's really, what we've shown from this discussion from this season on the podcast is that we really want to bridge that gap between the person starting out, me, Tess, <laughs> and the person you know, who's been doing it for a while. The person that's been mm. doing it for a while. Like we do not want this to be overwhelming. We want this to be achievable. We don't want anyone to feel like there's a club that they're not a part of mm. or there's some secret gardening information that they're not privy to. Mm. And you know, whether you've got the gardening terms down pat or not, I don't even have them down pat. It's it's not the point. Like it's it's the plants you grow at the end of the day, you know, mm. the jargon, everything else around it. It's just a means to an end. And I will also say there are so many different ways you can do things in the garden. People have been growing things for as long as, I don't know, people have been alive. Like just because I might say to do something one way doesn't mean that's the only way to do mm. it. And that's totally whatever cool works. as well. Exactly. Whatever works for you. What would be your number one tip for people wanting to start? I think the thing that I really didn't get for a long time is understanding the sun. Like you'd kind of go out in the middle of the day and be like, this is in full sun and then think that like that was a day's worth of full sun. It really isn't. And trying to grow something that needs full sun when it doesn't get full sun, you're always going to be disappointed. So I think really watching those sun patterns would be the thing that I was late to the party Mm -hmm. and I think I tried to grow a lot that – wasn't successful the other thing about that that I constantly missed was the sun is actually lower in the sky in winter like (laughs) it literally is and I didn't know that for a long time or I didn't fully appreciate it so a tree that doesn't create shade on your veggie patch in summer may well create shade on your veggie patch in winter Mm. so just thinking about those kind of things and really trying to maximize the amount of sun especially in you know, we're in Victoria, Australia, so it's relatively cold. That would be the thing I wish I knew earlier. Mm. Is that your question? Yeah. Cool. What 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 do you wish that you had have known earlier? What the thing that has um I feel like has been the biggest lesson for me since starting out is the importance of soil quality. Mm. I mean, at least bangs on about it all the time. Everyone else is probably caught up on that already. But it just, your parts are only as good as your soil is and you mm. can't, watering isn't enough to, to rebuild mm. garden nutrients. So that's yeah. probably my, my number one lesson. Well, I'm glad that we've got that across because I think probably that was something else that I didn't really appreciate fully myself when I started. So if I can make sure that no one else fits in that. Because like we... We want you to succeed. Like, I want you to have the We're best We're rooting plants. for you. We're rooting for you. <laughs> and now what I've realised is that the way to do that, as you say, is through the nutrients in the soil. Mm. So I, again, feel like my job is done here. <laughs> so we are coming back for a season two. Spoiler alert, it's got to be winter because that's the way the seasons roll. Crazy, huh? <laughs> Next week, intro to winter. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be chilly. <laughs>
Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess, artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at Rooting for You Pod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.